our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are super well. Uh, it's uh, Let's see. I just got back from Minnesota and the D.C. area. Uh, so if you don't know, I've been uh, basically working with shelters and the dogs that are in them for the last couple weeks. So I wanted to go over some things that I, I've learned a lot from the dogs that are in there and the situations that they're, that they're put in. It's just like an insight that you will probably never get to see or hear maybe, uh, especially from my standpoint. I There's a lot of people who rescue. There's a lot of people who talk about the shelter world. But it's been so interesting to see the behavior of dogs that are in these environments and some of the things that keep them from getting adopted and some of the just truths of dogs going into these environments. And so... For those of you, again, who don't know this, I've been kind of donating my, well, I have been donating my time to these shelters. And so basically did a post on Instagram and said, hey, uh, I want to come out and help shelters. Who's out there? What's going on? Let's do this. And a bunch of, like, bunch of people emailed. And for me, you know, I've, I've worked with shelters in the past. And the reason why I stopped working with them is because of the politics that goes into the shelters. It just makes it really... It This may sound crazy. I mean, like nuts. But it is hard for me to go in and work with these shelters because there's a lot of red tape. And, and I guess that's... I shouldn't say that. That's not really fair. Uh, shelters have funding. They have boards. They have responsibilities. And I'm not saying that every shelter should just allow a dog trainer in there and start taking dogs out. That's not what I'm implying by this. But it, it is a weird, it's just such a weird thing. And there's always going to be a lot of red. <sighs> hey guys, welcome back to the No Bad Dogs podcast. For those of you who don't know, I've spent the last couple weeks uh, traveling around to different shelters and pulling the dogs that have been there the longest, uh, 300 days, 200 days, 600 days, etc. Dogs that aren't getting adopted and why. So that's what I want to talk about today. It's on my mind. I used to work with shelters a lot back in the day. Uh, and the reason why I stopped really is because of the politics. I got sick of, I got frustrated, I should say, of not being able to help dogs because of the politics in general, not just in dog training, but just in general. So every shelter typically will have like a board 
um, some of them bigger than others. And so I want to just talk a little bit about my experience because this is a good uh, platform for podcasting. Uh, it's because it's very interesting and it would really shock you guys probably to know what goes on in shelters and what things have to happen in order for dogs to get adopted if, if, if they're even able to get adopted. And so I did a post on Instagram and essentially just said, Hey, you know, I'd really like to work with shelter dogs. If there's anybody out there that has, you know, any ties with the shelter, uh, let me know. And I was kind of clear about, you know, cause, cause what I ended up getting, especially on Facebook, cause Facebook's just a dem- different, different demographic than Instagram, but it's like a bunch of people just saying like, go here, go here, go here, go here, tagging these things. But, um, I don't have a lot of time to do these things. And basically we have a couple days to get into a city, go and work for a day and then bounce out. And so, you know, I really was, I am looking continually uh, going to be looking for shelter people who are either on the board or directors or in the shelter system that they can help us get our foot in the door so we can help some of these dogs out. And so, like I you know, there's always politics in these things and it's tough. Like it, what I, I mean, what I'd really like to do is continue to do this. It's not sustainable because it costs, you know, I talked about this, I think on the last podcast a little bit, but it costs a lot of money to do it. But I learned a lot from these dogs. Um, all the people who had reached out and all the people who basically gave me a roadmap to help with these dogs are amazing people. These volunteers that are volunteering pretty much their any free moment to help these dogs out and help them get out of the shelter, you know, bringing them walks. But the thing is, is the shelter dogs are in this perpetuated kind of system and it's like this when I think about it I think about the recycle symbol where it just keeps spinning in like a hamster wheel one to the other and so it's a really weird place uh the shelter for for dogs um because every shelter is run differently and I and I've worked with plenty of shelters over the years so the information or the context that I'm giving isn't in a particular shelter that I'm talking about or even a recent shelter that I've even worked with. But it is so interesting to know how much gatekeeping goes on in shelters. And I know that it exists and I just kind of put my head down and do my thing like, hey, can I have access to these dogs? Can I work with these dogs? Can I help these dogs? And so it becomes this super overwhelming thing for the dogs because when they get into the shelter, it's likely because they're not the perfect dog or they have a little bit of behavioral issues. Sometimes a lot, but oftentimes a little bit of behavioral issue, like, you know, jumping on people, pulling on the leash, not coming back when called, uh, getting, getting too big, not getting big enough. Uh, and so when they enter the shelter, they become very stressed, right? So you go from, think about the dog going from a home, which is like this, you know, with a couple people walking around and maybe even other pets walking around to a shelter filled with hundreds, uh, sometimes hundreds, maybe tens of other dogs barking. They don't know anybody. Uh, their food's changed. Their bed has changed if they have one. Um, they're in this small little space. They're not in their routine. They're not with their people. So they immediately go into like shutdown mode. And of as you would. Now, every dog is different in the way that they behave, in the way that they think, 
and the way that they handle stress. Every single dog is going to, just like with people, every dog is going to be different in that nature. But what ends up happening is dogs can, can eventually, you know, just shut down completely. And then they just become this shell. And that's what, I, you know, I've seen a lot of, especially in the last couple of weeks in particular, like the dogs that are in these situations for a year, even like a month for a dog. Like imagine every day waking up to hundreds of dogs barking, echoing through the kennels. Um, and, and listen, the shelters, it, that's why it's such a, such a weird thing. And I can't, I'm trying to express it in, in a way so you guys understand, like when I go in there, I want you to know what I'm feeling and what I'm express expressed to feel like and, and what it means. And it's like, it's such a beautiful tragic place so it's beautiful in a sense of man there's a place just for these dogs when people decide to get and, and it's not always like the owner's fault either you know i've been posting these videos of these dogs in order to give them uh you know the the that's the other thing is like i've been posting videos of these dogs in order to get them adopted in order to raise them awareness to the shelter and to the dogs and so it's like this mixed bag of like, well, should I post them being reactive or not? You know? And it's like, so I have these, these constant battles in my head of almost like, I don't want to make them look a certain way, but at the same time, at the end of the video, so you have this beautiful place for dogs that again, like some people pass away, some people get sick. uh, Some people can't afford dogs. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's one thing after another. Um, and then sometimes it is just people being irresponsible, but I guess my point is, is it sucks to see them in this situation, but it's also a beautiful thing to see these volunteers there to help and for there to be an infrastructure for these dogs to be, have intake and, and get in there and kind of like, like, kind of like prison. But the problem is, is with a lot of these dogs is they didn't commit a crime that they knew was wrong. So that's, that's like the hardest thing for me is all these dogs are in there and it's hard for, for, for somebody like myself just because I know that I can help these dogs. I know that I can give them more of what they need. I can give them the structure and the boundaries and the, and like the outlets and and also just giving the volunteers an opportunity to see what's going on with the dog. Um, you know, from my point of view, because again, these are volunteers, these guys don't do this for a living They, you know, they're accountants, they work at the hospital. I mean, they just go there on their free times to get the dog out to pee and poop. And so, so it's, it's a really weird dynamic because I, I did this, I did this story on my Instagram and I said, you know, I just had this like epiphany, I guess, where I'm sitting there and I'm like, Oh man. So all these sheltered volunteers come in and get these dogs out. And they bring them to adoption clinics. And yeah, the puppies get adopted for the most part. Um, Younger dogs get adopted. But if a dog has like the smallest behavioral problem, like jumping or even pulling on the leash, because they get so many puppies intake, it's like, you know, it's it's not a lot of competition. Well, it's not competition really. People are going to pick the cute little puppy versus the dog who pulls on the leash or is, you know, having to have a reaction issue. Uh, with with other dogs or with people and so you know to the general public we're like oh they have all these volunteers it looks great and it's like but the reality is is they're not they're not getting what they want they're not getting what they need like the dogs actually need training like they actually need training and so and of course I've been through shelters where 
they have certain trainers, but the trainers are not experienced enough to be handling the dogs that they're with. So they don't see results, which is very common, uh, very, very common. So we have trainers in there that are, you know, hitting the end of their rope and the dogs are still stagnant, right? They just can't break through. They're not seeing any changes. And so it's just this weird thing of they have the support of the community and the volunteers to keep them alive, but they don't have the support of the things that actually will get them adopted to give them a happy life. And so it's then the battle of in your head of like, well, what quality of life do some of these dogs have if they go from this cushy, normal household to then the shelter because they did X, Y, or Z. And then when they get in there, the volunteers don't have the skill sets, knowledge, and and know-how to get them out. They can just, and that's the thing with volunteers is they just cross their fingers, their toes, their arms, and pray that somebody sees something in these dogs, but they really can't do anything if a dog isn't ideal. Like they can't change it for the most part. I'm talking about some of the behavioral cases, specifically the ones that I work with. There's this dog, I mean, I'll, I'll let you know when I'm getting specific about certain things, but generally I'm just, I'm talking about shelters that I've worked with in the past. There's this dog, uh, let me see, what was her name? It started with an A. Aster is the dog's name. I knew it was an A. So Aster's like the sweetest pit bull, right? So just for an example, we go in, she's barking like crazy at the kennel. They say, hey, she's pretty good with people. She's really good with people um, once she gets to know you. So I said, okay, but she's really reactive to dogs. So you have this double whammy of a dog being reactive re- reactive to people and reactive to dogs. So you got to think like with a shelter that has all even five other dogs, but if it's a big shelter, maybe a hundred other dogs. And you have a dog like Aster and all the, see, and the hard thing is, is the, the shelter people, volunteers are like, we know this dog. We know how sweet she can be. It just takes this certain person. What they don't understand is it, it takes the certain person to act a certain way. And if they had the skills, knowledge, and experience to train that certain person to act a certain way, the dog might expedite their process. So for an example, that dog has been there, I think, for over 200 days, you know, close to a year, I guess. Oh, wait. Rescue for 430, I'm reading the thing, 436 days. And I'm telling you guys, like, so they so they bring her out, and I literally am standing neutral. I squeak my squeak pouch. She smells food. She wags her tail and comes up. Boom. Buddies. Immediately. And the staff were like, whoa, okay, cool. I'm like, all right. That, so, uh, you know, there's something to think about. Neutrality, food, rewards, putting the guard, putting the, the dog's guard down. I'm not even kidding. Maybe, and I'm not, I, this is hard for me to, t- I don't say it's hard. It, and in my own head about it a little bit because I don't want you guys to think I'm trying to show off or anything because I'm not, but it virtually took me 30 seconds for her to go, oh, you're my buddy, and that was it. So you got to think, this dog has been there for over a year, 436 days. She's been there for over a year. Every She's been there for Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, and she's about to do another lap, unfortunately. So... She comes out and, you know, the shelter volunteers are praying for somebody to see who she really is. So she comes out, squeak my squeaker pouch, flash her treats. She's my buddy. Melts in my arms. Done. 30 seconds. Perfect. 
so it's almost what I don't want to see sometimes because I, I want a little bit more of a challenge, but I literally didn't do anything except squeak my squeaker pouch and just stand sideways to her, not like talking to her, reaching out for her. That was it. So then they said, oh man, that's so nice to see. What about her leash reactivity to other dogs? So, okay, let's do it. Let's go. And this is what we've been doing. I'm like, go grab the dog. And they're like, okay, 400 dog, 400 day dog, 300 day dog, 600 day dog. I'm like, go get those ones. They bring them out. And they're like, okay. Um, then they're all looking at each other. And this is just like what's been happening. They all look at each other and go, wow. Um, what about this? And I'm like, okay, leash reactivity to other dogs. Let's go. We go up front. You guys can find this video on my Instagram. She's reactive. Uh, she starts barking. She starts getting overly stimulated and she's pulling around. She's got like a martingale on her. She's got, she doesn't, she really doesn't have any control. Um, so that's not good. And she immediately starts reacting, immediately starts reacting. So I pull her back. We're using a Starmark training collar. Um, so it's like a, it's like a slip leash, but it fits a little bit snugger. So I'm, that's the only thing I'm using because people are like, how'd you do it? Like I didn't really do much. So again, she starts reacting. She starts exploding. We let the other dog go by. She calms down a little bit. She's still my buddy. Cool. So I walk out and I turn and I and I do a drawback recall. I say, ask her, come. She doesn't come. I corrected her with the leash. She turns around. She goes, whoa. She comes back to me. I pay her. I let her out again. I say, ask her, come. She commits to me. I pay her. No correction. Beautiful. Yes. Good girl. Now, I meet, and you can see this on my Instagram. It's in real time. I then say, okay, from my experience, that's likely all this dog needed. This dog has never been corrected in her life. This dog has never been punished in her life. This dog has never been told no in her life, ever. Nobody's ever told her any of that, effectively. And this is the problems where shelters run into is they don't know how. This is this is like, the, again, this vicious tragic cycle that these volunteers and shelter dogs get into because everyone sees these shelter dogs and everyone's like oh great they have a home and they have these sweet volunteers and they do but it's only half of the battle somebody has to go in and work with the dogs for why they're there you know it's like putting somebody in in prison and not helping them rehab or putting somebody in rehab drug rehab maybe or any type of rehab and just say like, hey, you're just away from everybody now. You're away from maybe the temptation. But they're not working on the brain. They're not working on the body. They're not working on the muscle memory. They're not working on the triggers. They're not working on those things. So I'm not kidding. So I did that correction. I immediately was like, oh, this dog's sweet as pie. This is going to be easy. And I take her and I walk through straight through immediately after that reaction, which is normal for her, that reaction. That's why she's been there for so long. I immediately walked her straight through with three dogs, one of them being the dog she just reacted to, and she just melted. She didn't care. She didn't look. She wagged her tail. She wasn't buddies with them, but so my point is, man, it's so much. There's so much to unpack here. That's why I wanted to talk about it on here. It's like, it's, it's you know, they were all like, wow, this is amazing. I'm like, I yeah, I'm glad that this is amazing, but this is so sad because it took somebody who was experienced with behavioral cases and making success with behavioral cases five minutes, maybe less. And the reality is, is it wasn't even fixing the dog reactivity because that was actually likely a 
symptom of lack thereof accountability. She knows her name. I said, asked her, come. She's like, I'd rather go sniff the rocks. She got corrected for the very first time and then didn't react. And it's not like what you hear other people say that don't believe in boundaries, period, where the dog is sulking, the tail is tucked between their legs, they're shaking. It's none of that. She was literally up on my lap, kissing me, wagging her tail like some sort of motorboat next to the dogs that she was just reactive to in less than five minutes. And so we have all that documented. And to be honest, like that epiphany that I was telling you about earlier is I just was like, you know what? To get, so everyone's like commenting, you know, because I'm posting these things everywhere, like Instagram, on Facebook, on uh, sometimes on Snapchat, if I know how to do it, or um, I think that I say Facebook. Anyway, post it YouTube, posting these things everywhere, you know, short, short reels, like, hey, look at, so I'm trying to do two things. Here, here's the Here's the thing, guys, is like, this is, I want you guys to give a perspective on business and on marketing and how social media in general works. You have to make somebody really commit to your video in order for other people to see it. That is what social media does. Like if you're not super polarizing right in the beginning, like nobody's going to see it. And so oftentimes, like with Aster, for example, I try to make a video that is going to be scalable to my audience that they can learn something so I can then hopefully get it pushed out to other people. So if anybody's looking for a sweet pit bull that is misunderstood, that is needing a home, they can see her, they can find her, they can know her story. And so I posted a video of her reacting and then not, obviously, I wouldn't just say like, hey, um, and I've posted a video of her and I'm trying to like, you know, push her out and, and get people to, to see what she's doing and get people to understand what she's doing and why she's doing it. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality. For your most precious gift, Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality. For your most precious gift, Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so anyway, my, I guess my point is, is it's really difficult for, for dogs to get adopted just by like, so again, people were going and like, oh man, this is amazing. And, 
you know, thank you for doing this. And I, and I agree, it is amazing. And I, and I know it's valuable and I know it's helpful, but I had this epiphany that night that I'm like, you know what, like I'm just one person and I actually am not the one that is going to make this happen for these dogs. I'm not the one that's actually going to get them adopted. The people who follow me on social media are those people. So when I go there, my goal is to show the volunteers how to handle dogs, right? Like my actual living of how I pay my bills is traveling the world, doing seminars, teaching other dog trainers and dog owners how to handle dogs successfully. That's my actual job. And so when I go to these volunteers, they're so raw with things because that's not what they do. People who come to my well, I guess my clients who have dogs who are dog owners aren't dog trainers are pretty raw too. But for the most part, you know, they don't, they don't know anything like, right. That's not what they're supposed to be doing. So I was just like, I don't, I'm just a little small piece. Like people are like, thank you so much for doing this. Like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? Like you guys have way, way more power than I do. Like you are the ones who can share, comment, tag your buddies to then share, And I was like, man, if we can make this movement where if I can go out and travel to these shelters and I posted these videos that are helpful, not just like, hey, blow this up because I said so. Like, that's not, I don't think that's realistic. But like, I'm posting these videos of this dog going, like, for an example, like the dog I worked with in New York, uh, Clover, she was returned because she pulled too hard on the leash and she had like a, she had a flat collar on. So she had this like, uh, mark on her neck from pulling so hard, I think, or maybe she was tied up. I don't know. But again, five minutes later, I had her healing on a loose leash with somebody she didn't know outside surrounded by other dogs, five minutes. And again, any dog that I work with in general is not trained, right? It's not dogs by Tom. It's people by Tom. And that's really important because uh, it's important for everybody to kind of know, I guess, just the context of how I work with dogs. The absolute most time that outside of my personal dogs, of course, that I ever have working with a dog, the most time is two and a half days. And I'm doing rotations with these dogs. So maybe two or three hours, maybe at the most. So any progression you've seen in my videos, my testimonials, whatever, you're seeing hours of work, not days, not weeks, not months, right? I have a facility that does board and trains, but it's not me. And so my point is by saying that is when I get these dogs out, my goal is for the shelter people is to show them what this dog is capable of. Aster is a beautiful example of that. Clover is a beautiful example of that. Noodle, the dog that I posted on YouTube is a beautiful example on that where they look like this, they sound like this, people think that's what they are, especially people who are going to come and try to pull them out of the shelter and bring them to their nice cozy home. And my job is to say, it's actually not this. This is actually what it is. And so that's my job, right? So I guess I want to be, I want to, you know, be upfront with just anybody in the future about what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. And I don't want you guys to think like, oh, this dog is trained. Like this dog isn't trained. Like this dog could still react easily. This dog could regress. This dog could do all these different things. But I just say, hey, not with me. 
doesn't have to be like that. But again, like it has to, somebody, somebody has to know what to do and be experienced to help the dog. So anyway, um, I just, it, it, it's just this weird feeling of scraping, right? So that's what I was saying. I was, I was like, I did this post. I'm like, Hey, you guys want to save this dog's life? Do like you have the power. And then it's this weird thing in my head where I'm like, I don't want to be like, I almost want to make a separate account, like the no bad dogs account, but I don't to be like, Hey, share this, blow this up. Cause it's not about me. Like, I'm not going to get paid from these reels, right? Or uh, some people can maybe, but I don't, right? So it's this weird feeling in my head. I'm like, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to, you know, blow up or or try to make, you know, get more followers because that's not it. I'm just, I literally like did this whole caption and I was like, you guys feel bad. You're sad. I'm seeing your comments. You're loving this. Share this goddamn video. Like you have the absolute power to get this dog into a home. And I and it flipped where I was like, oh, I have to be there to help these dogs. But then I realized it doesn't matter what I do. I mean, it matters a little bit, but if I post this video and nobody shares it, nobody's going to see the dog. So the shelter people are like, oh, I mean, it matters. I shouldn't say it doesn't matter, but the internet is a blessing and a curse. And you guys know what I'm talking about for very obvious reasons. It can ruin your life, but it can also make your life. And so... Sitting there, like thinking it, I was in my Minnesota was absolutely freezing. It was like zero degrees, or no, yes, I was in Minnesota, and it was a day after we worked with the dogs in DC. And I'm like, I don't matter as in this picture. Like I'm a very small piece of this picture. The people, you guys, like who follow me on these stuff, you guys matter. And I was like, if we can create this movement of hey, Tom's going to the shelter to then basically get these dogs in front of as many people as we can. Like, that was my goal. Like, I'm going to show you guys what this dog is capable of. I'm going to show you guys what this is. There were some dogs that I also worked with that I was like, this dog needs actual training. Like, this dog is not safe. This dog actually needs to go to training. This dog actually needs a professional. Like, the volunteers are not going to be able to handle this dog. They're overstimulated they've been there for way too long they're in a bad place mentally um and physically right so again like like just like with us like yeah we're eating but again they're getting fed corn uh, every day essentially so they don't feel that great um and they're not getting training they're not getting structure they're not getting boundaries they're not getting the things that make animals happy and and uh, healthy i guess and so anyway you know some dogs that we work with like Again, think about being in the shelter for 300 to 600 days. Somebody they've never met comes in and works with them. Like, it's a lot. And the fact that I'm able to do really successful things with some of them so fast is a huge blessing. But, you know, that's just how it goes. And so it's a weird thing, man. I I don't know. I just wanted to hop on here and just tell you how I'm feeling because these dogs, like, again, are there for years. And it takes me – okay, this is the equation. The reason why they're there, I – can show the people that are working with this dog that that reason why they're there can go away in five minutes if they know what they're doing. Astra's a perfect example of that. She's the sweetest girl. Literally in my lap, cuddling me like so sweet. But again, okay, well, what'd you do? She's never been punished, ever. She's never been told no. So this dog is doing this over and over and over and over and over and over and over 436 days. And nobody has corrected the dog. And of course, like, 
it comes, again, it's not the volunteer's fault, right? There's people in there that don't believe in corrections. So obviously that dog isn't going to get out of that state of mind. There's people in there that don't feel comfortable giving corrections. They don't know how. And it was just, the dog actually self-corrected. It wasn't like, that's the thing about corrections. And I'm kind of preaching to the choir here, but I don't know, man. It's a, it's a really, it's a really strange place. It makes me emotional to, to just think about it. Um, you know, there's people who gatekeep these dogs because they have to, right? Because somebody has to step up and make, okay, I'll run the shelter, I guess. Like, who's going to pay me? I have bills. Like, it's this weird thing. And it's like this vicious cycle that they can't get out of their own way. And it's so sad for me because, like I said, I literally will go in and work with the dog. And five minutes later, they're not doing all the things that they were doing. And it's like, okay, uh, bring out another one. And that's what we've been doing is kind of rifling through. And again, if they walk the dog back and then they bark and lunge, that that wasn't my intentions anyway. My intentions was to show the dog the dog shelter and the volunteers like, hey, here's how to do this. Here's how to make this better. It's like slow and steady, right? It'd be the I'm just making this up because you guys know my um my uh whatever they're called. It'd be like if you had a whole shelter and they're all trying to pick up this one bar. And they can't pick up this one bar. Pick can't pick up this one bar. And then I go there and I just go boop, and they're all like, oh, what the? How'd you do that? My job is to show them how I did that. Like, that's important. Like, how did you do that? We've been trying for a long time. We care a lot about this bar. We really need to pick it up to save the bar's life. Like, how did you pick it up? And I just went, boop. And I'm like, here's how I did it. That way they can have the skills. But again, like, there's reps to that. There's a lot of reps, a lot of reps, um, a lot of practice, right? So I make it look easy, you know? And that's, that's, again, common. I'm a professional. That's my job. That's what I'm supposed to do, specifically with behavior. So it's this weird thing, man. And again, like, Abby and I were talking. Abby's my videographer, if you don't know. She's been with me for years now on the road traveling the world. And when you travel the world with somebody, you really uh, have an appreciation and understanding for them, you know, more than anybody else. Or just as much as anybody else, I should say. And so, you know, we've just been in like, just think about it. Think think of like a, a band on tour. Like they travel the world and they're like, oh, I wonder what, you know, the crazy stuff, the stories they have. That's us. Like that's what we get into like all the time. You know, so it's like we were talking and I was like, you know, I really like doing this. She's like, yeah, me too. This is so rewarding. Like this is much easier too for her. She doesn't have to like tell this story. The story's in front of her. Uh, And I was like, yeah, uh, it's great, you know. And I was thinking like I could do this. Like if we got sponsors like billionaire people or wealthy people or big companies, like I have sponsors, but that's for my bills, right? Like I, you know, people, so funny. Like when I post to, for my partners, right? I have partners, like an NASCAR driver has a partner. Uh, any athlete has a partner, like anybody that gets attention has a partner, right? They pay them to talk about their product if they believe in it, which of course I do. So I have multiple partners and multiple sponsors that I work with and they pay me to use their product and to talk about their product, to educate people about their product. Cause you know, the people over at impact crates are dog trainers. They make crates people over at we feed raw aren't dog trainers they're not they're not right they don't know they they need me to help spread the word of the things that i also enjoy and i also believe in because i would never partner with anybody i don't believe in turn down many <laughs> of those things so anyway my point is is i was like man if we could just get some sponsors uh we could do this 
Like I could train, yeah. I could still do my training, but like we could, because it was, I think I said this last part, it was like eight to $10,000 for the travel, which, you know, you might be like, holy crap. It's like, yeah, think about the Airbnbs, the flights, the hotels, excuse me, all that, like it goes into it. And then think about the time away from my family. Like when I do seminars or when I travel in general, my whole family comes, like even my extended family, like I bring everybody. And that's why... That's why my prices for my tickets are what they are because that's what it's going to take for me to get out of my, I'm not going to leave my family. So, but when we do this, because we're not getting paid, I'm not going to bring my family, right? Because then it just doubles the cost and I'm not, I'm not making a dime, right? I don't, nothing. So anyway, um, I don't know. I, I really, I don't know. But what I do know is, is, you know, if you guys have any ideas, you know, DM me, let me know what you're thinking. Let me know uh, if you have any thoughts because I'm not in the shelter world. I'm trying. I'm just trying to help these dogs. But one thing, like I said, that I've noticed, I'm like, it. Uh, um, you know, it's like I want these dogs to get adopted. I want these volunteers to get help and to get knowledge. You know, they, they're, they're, all the volunteers I worked with, they're just so sweet. They felt like family. They're like, oh, you're a sight for sore eyes. Please come out because you got to think. They fall in love with these dogs. They fall in love with them for years. They're their dogs, right? Taking them, bringing them on walks, bring them swimming. Like they're their buddies. And they just want that dog to get adopted. And then in walks somebody who has the skill sets and experience and knowledge to make that happen. And so like everybody's been so nice. Like when we were in this small town in Hastings, Minnesota, uh, we couldn't find Ubers because it was a small town of like 20,000 people, right? And it's not that big. And it was like, we couldn't even get there. And they came and picked us up and they brought us home and they offered to bring us to the airport. Just really nice people. And that's like why I do it because I know that when I get to these places, I'm going to be working and dealing and being around for the most part, beautiful people. And that's my vibe. That's my tribe. Like, I love that shit. Like, I just, you know, it's just what I like to do. We just feel like family immediately. And the cool thing about social media is, is these people know pretty much everything about me, right? They listen to the podcast, they watch the videos, they know what they're going to expect. It's not like they're like, who is this guy? Is he, you know, is he, is he capable? Is he, you know, it's nice. I'm just like, they're like, Oh, Tom, thank you so much for being here. Let's go. And I'm like, yeah, let's, let's get into work. I shed off my book bag and we go. And we thought about like, we are making full length videos, but again, it's like, find you know finding the formula of like making it successful to get it out there to the masses so i don't know guys i'm just kicking around these ideas of things that uh, are on my mind and i wanted to give you my experience with the shelters it's been amazing so far we're doing another one next month in scottsdale arizona and then after that we're gonna do another i guess opening of like hey we're in and, and just so you guys know it's like when we do that I want people who already know who I am, who trust me that I can just get in there and, you know, get to work because you'd be surprised how many filters I have to go through, how much red tape I have to go through just to go in to try to save these dogs. Because believe it or not, there's many shelters out there that don't want the dogs adopted, which is crazy. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Um, it's a weird, like, what's that, what's that documentary came out where the mom's obsessed with the daughter like psychologically controls her or something rose not axel rose but i've seen those over my years too where you get in and i'm like why is this dog here 
you know, and then the volunteers are like, because the person who makes the decision of adoption or not doesn't want the dog to leave. I dealt with that a long time ago and it's like, it's weird. So I don't know. Do we switch to just doing documentaries on these weird things? I don't know. I'm just trying to help. Um, you know, and, and I'm happy that you guys are liking this and enjoying it. Cause it brings me just as much joy to go in there and help these dogs as it does you guys. And I get to do it. But unfortunately, unless we figure out some way to make money off it, it's not sustainable. And I'm not giving, I'm not leaving that on you guys or anything like that. I'm just saying like, cause I do, you know, I, I wish every, you know, that's, I, I like stuck up for the trainers too. Cause people are like, I wish every trainer would do this. I'm like, not every dog trainer is in a position where they can leave their business and afford to donate thousands of dollars to go and help these dogs. Like I did. Like, I'm grateful to be in that position. I'm giving back. I love helping dogs. That's why I started doing what I do. I love creating the content. But it's like, I really wish that the content that we're producing and putting out is like, I hope it does really well so that way we can continue to do it. And again, maybe get sponsors and and other things. Because it's really easy if I say, hey, every video we put on the shelter gets a million views on YouTube. We'd get sponsors immediately, you know, more sponsors anyway, immediately. Bigger sponsors, so that it would pay for our travel. And I, I would truthfully do that. Like I would do it like monthly, right? So it's like, and then we thought about what's that? It's not crowdfunding, but it's, um, oh crap, what's it called? I know you guys are saying it. When I'm listening to a podcast and I know the answer and I'm screaming it out loud. Oh my gosh, I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, it's like that that thing, but uh, the, the members club is also, something that we might try to push to say, Hey, if you guys want to support this, join the members club. Uh, anyway, so I don't know. It's a, it's a blessing and a curse. It's a beauty and a, and a beast, I guess. But that's been my experience so far. And I just want to let you guys know how I felt. I want you to let you know what's on my heart and on my mind. And that's what it is. Patreon. That's what it's called. I do have a Patreon, but I don't do anything on it. And I feel bad people donating you know, money to me on Patreon. I'm like, I don't know. But now that we actually have like a transaction of like, I'm going to go help dogs. But then like, we're, you know, then I, ha- then I would feel like I have to show you my bills and like, you know, tell you like, Oh, I got all this money from Patreon and here's where it's going. Like I, that's another job I'd have to do or my assistant or my wife, or I'm not going to do that either. I don't know, man. It's a weird thing. I don't know what to do. I really want to help. I want to continue to do it. Um, you know, and maybe we just every now and then go to a shelter and help, and, and and it and it becomes exactly that for 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 what it is. Um. So, anyway, oh my gosh, I'm on my Patreon because I do have one. What do I have on here? Do I have I have ninety three? What? Who's on here? I used to do Patreon. I don't know. Maybe I should do that again. I don't know. You can let me know. Like DM me on Instagram at Tom Davis. Let me know what you guys think if you're listening to this. Just give me some ideas because that's a hard thing. Is like I'm so used to doing what I do and like going through that system and breaking out. I'm like I don't know how. Like what would we do? Um, we could do Patreon, but I also have the members club. I'm like just join the members club because you actually get something there. You get free videos. You get dog training advice. You go live with me. So maybe we'll start doing that. I don't know. I'm just hoping this stuff starts to, you know, blow up and go viral so people know what we're doing at scale so these dogs get adopted. 
because they're beautiful and they need our helps. The helps. They need our helps. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'm going to answer questions next episode later this week. I right now just am absolutely exhausted. My throat's killing me from traveling and being dry and probably getting choked out in jiu-jitsu and I just had a tea and um, I'll answer some questions last time. So if you guys are over uh, on the iTunes review chart, leave your review and I'll answer your questions in the next podcast. And then DM me. Let me know what you guys are thinking. Let me know what you want to do. These are just ideas that I usually have in my head, in my own head. And I don't know. I don't know. I want to help. Go Chiefs. Watch the Chiefs game on Peacock. Thank you very much. (laughs) But I don't know, guys. Thank you. I hope you guys have a wonderful day, a wonderful evening. Hug the people you love. Be grateful that you're here. And I'll talk to you next time. Bye. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.